Hello, good morning everybody. I'm a junior at Millbrook High School. My name is Morgan Hardy and I'm currently taking sports and entertainment marketing too. Today, I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that I've learned so far this year. One of the things that we've discussed so far are foreign relations, like how America differs from other places in the world. For example, in America, we use the United States dollar, which is worth 100 cents. In Europe, they use something called the euro, which is 90 cents of the American dollar. So when traveling, you have to focus on how you can change your money from American dollars to euros. In foreign relations as well, we also learned about how exporting is different in many places in the world. For example, you need different labels and different things when sending out or importing things into our country. We have also been discussing marketing a lot in this class. For example, early on in the year, we made a project of creating a movie poster to advertise a movie about yourself. What I made was a movie poster describing my summer and how fun it was. This is practicing how to market or advertise for a movie. We also created a slideshow of a piece of technology that we invented that we thought would enhance the sports or entertainment marketing world. What I created was a wristband where all of your tickets to any event that you could possibly want to go to could be downloaded on. There would be an app connected to this wristband where you could purchase the tickets to any event that you thought you wanted to go to. After purchasing the ticket, the ticket would automatically download to the wristband, helping it, helping everything be easier and more simple. When you go into the event, instead of someone scanning a ticket, they'd scan the wristband and it would go through the same. This way, there wouldn't be any paper tickets or anything that could help you be unorganized. You would all have all the information you need for the event right on your wrist. This year, we had also created our portfolios for the class. This helps everything stay organized. On the first page, we wrote about ourselves and stuff that we thought would make our portfolio better. I wrote about myself and my family and the sports that I play. Next, we were supposed to write about why we're in the class and why we think the class will help us. And I wrote about how I believe that this class has helped me decide what I want to major in in college, which is event management. The portfolio will consist of 10 projects that we think we did best, and they will all be put on a different page of the portfolio. This way, at the end of the year, Mr. Kane can look through our portfolio and see our 10 most proud projects that we have created. We have also learned many new vocab words this year that will help us enhance our knowledge on sports and entertainment marketing. We've also covered a lot of vocabulary words that we discussed last year to refresh our minds on what they mean. This way, when going through the units, we'll know what terminology to use and what terms best describe the subject in which we are learning. Another thing that we've been learning a lot about is target markets. A target market is an item that has been released that is targeting a certain audience. For example, a pair of running shoes. A pair of running shoes can be targeted towards athletes and people that are starting to become active. This is the company's way or the brand's way of showing that this item is targeted towards a certain audience. If they're men's shoes, then they're targeted towards men, and if they're women's shoes, then they're targeted towards women. It all depends on what the company targets the product to. 
We have also watched videos of certain brands advertising certain products. This has shown us skills and techniques on ways to advertise a product that we would want to. We have also learned about many forms of advertisement. There can be advertisement through commercials on TV. There can even be advertisements through billboards that you pass on the side of the roads. There can also be advertisements through famous celebrities or athletes. If you see one of your favorite celebrities or athletes wearing a product on TV, it's going to make you want to buy the product as well. It all depends on what's being advertised and how it's being advertised. Paying attention to these types of things can help you become a better person when it comes to advertisement. Now I will be talking about the new things that have been happening in the sports marketing world. Right now, Nike is the new brand winner of the Women's World Cup this year. Nike's Dream Further campaign has come out on top with a near-perfect score. Nike's campaign used emotional engagement, which created or helped create a long-term impact to anyone watching the ad. The ad featured some of the biggest names in women's soccer. Alongside the message, don't change your dreams, change the world. It is expected to drive long-term returns, according to carried out research. Clearly, media spend also has a role to play and impact will depend on what else is happening in the market. But based on these campaigns, Nike will see an excellent long-term return and continue to share gain. Another popular event happening in the sports and entertainment marketing world is how brands can level the playing field for women in a sport. Over the past seven months alone, a host of brands have splashed out on women's sports sponsorships, signing long-term partnerships across soccer, rugby, and netball. Decades of underinvestment in women's sport has only widened the gender gap. So what are these brands actually doing to advocate for female athletes? First and foremost, support should be unconditional. The Women's World Cut Kit sponsor Nike found out this the hard way when it was exposed by female athletes for reducing sponsorship payments during their pregnancies because they had failed to hit performance-based targets. Nike has since said it will waive targets for pregnant athletes over a 12-month period. Brands have a crucial part to play in building sustainable foundations for women's sport that mean future success in, is not reliant on money generated by the men's game. It is imperative that any brand getting involved in women's sports understands its role in driving long-term change. It is not enough to simply plow money into a sport and hope to benefit from the halo effect in the pursuit of short-term gains. Brands will be judged by what they do to advocate for female athletes and those that fall short will be found out. The last current event that I'm going to talk about is how Adidas is using creative narratives to build brand equity. Adidas's outdoor division is drawing on the expertise of its wider athletic business while at the same time flexing its creative muscle in an attempt to demonstrate the direction it can take the global brand. There's little indication that Adidas Outdoor is interested in following industry norms. For instance, despite only entering the market in 2011, the brand has already proven it is eager to do things differently, and the launch of its hiking boot in February this year is a clear indication of that. 
In terms of how Adidas Outdoor measures the success of its creative campaigns and new product launches, while sales are important, it is equally essential that it builds awareness of its presence in the outdoor sector. Adidas Outdoor is also using the expertise of its athletic business to help conquer the category. While individual sports will have their own marketing messages, it is important that Adidas has a consistent message that runs through all its Olympic activity. That concludes this segment of things that are happening in the sports entertainment marketing world. We also learned about agents and some of the responsibilities that agents have. An agent is a legal representative of an athlete or a celebrity. They are paid to manage the career of their client. One of the main responsibilities with negotiating contracts is performance, endorsements, and personal appearances. Usually an attorney, accountant, or both. You may be wondering how much agents get paid. In the NFL and the NBA, agents get 3% of the player's contract. In the NHL and the MLB, the average between 4% and 10% of the player contract is what agents get. Next, I'll be talking about the rules and regulations for agents. You must follow federal and state laws, as well as many states and most sport leagues require agents to be registered with the league as an agent. For example, all NFL player contracts are fully regulated by the NFLPA. Agents cannot do business in the NFL without NFLPA certification and approval. They must follow the NCAA and other collegiate level rules and regulations for athletes. For example, North Carolina, if you act as an agent in the state, you must register with Department of the Secretary of State. Some advantages of a sport agent, depending on the agent, they can help you with draft position. Different agents have strategies in dealing with contract negotiations. It could line up for better endorsement opportunities and can protect you from distractions. Now I'll be talking about some problems with sports agents. They're not ethical. They can get a player in trouble. They can get a college team in trouble. They're blamed for high salaries and many more. Today in class, we learned about governing bodies in sports. Some types of governing bodies. There are many types of governing bodies because each level of skill within a sport needs to set different regulations. The main types of governing bodies are leagues, federations, and multi-sport event organizations. Now I'm going to explain each of those in more detail. A league is a group of sports teams or individual athletes that compete against each other in a specific sport. They create common set of rules and organize competitions. Usually work with the national and or international federations, for example, NBA. Federations are responsible for one sport or sometimes a group of similar sport disciplines. Also, they help with the promotion of the sport. They can be national or international. National federations are responsible for a country's participation in the Olympics. Example, the FIBA. Multi-sport event organizers are responsible for the organization of a certain event which contains more than one sport. The best known example is the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, the organizer of the modern Olympics. Now you might ask why we have governing bodies. Without governing bodies, the sport industry would like a country under would be like a country under anarchy in chaos the governing bodies of each sport have several main goals to maintain order and unity while allowing healthy competition ensure 
the athlete's safety, encourage good sportsmanship, and provide fair and consistent enforcement of rules, also to maximize financial profits. What do they do? In order to fulfill these goals, the governing bodies perform many tasks. They promote their sport to gain fans and make more profits. They organize game schedules and tournament brackets. They settle disputes and ensure that rules are followed fairly. And they constantly eliminate, update, and add regulations to the sport. That is the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you again soon.